Hello and welcome to the show supported by Media Proxy. Now, the last time we spoke to our guest today, we were discussing how they're making life easier for broadcasters, whether it's sports of all levels, education, town halls and houses of worship, much of which is being run by volunteers. Even aquariums and zoos, all operated by non-broadcast trained operators. We had a chat about how they're helping people create more compelling content and what the future might hold for broadcast, including software, hardware, AI, automation and much more. So go and look that up if you haven't watched it already. So that leads me on to welcome back Graham Sharp from Broadcast Picks with some more insight into what they're witnessing in the market today. Hi, Graham. Good to see you again. Welcome back to the show. Hi, guys. Nice to be here. Thank you very much. So let's start, Graham, by asking you about the growth of video production and streaming. We've chatted a few times over the last 18 months or so. It seems as everybody's doing it now. Yes, I mean, uh, I think our sort of feelings of or, or planning of a few years ago being validated. Interestingly, I just sat through the start of the DPP supply chain meeting, because clearly that's very much of interest. And they kicked off with some stats around production, which basically said that um, in 2019, pre-COVID, the industry was at maximum capacity meaning the capacity of the business in terms of skill level resources was actually fully utilized. And that was across the board from, you know, Netflix commissioning new streaming shows all the way down to churches, etc. Clearly, they had this great chart that had a little dent in it, which was COVID. Uh, COVID delayed a lot of stuff um, by, let's say, a year. But then that created a backlog. So here we are in 2021 about to turn the page into 2022 and there is more demand for supply of content than there is resources to actually create it i, I just figured that was a real interesting data point so what's i mean that's interesting so there's more demand for content than we can supply but yet there does seem to be more people creating content is that not fair yeah, that, that's very uh, a very relevant observation, but I think it, it, it's a result of the explosive growth in the use of content. Um, I think whilst on one hand, COVID yeah. uh, created a delay in, in some of the professional content creation that was going on, series, movies got delayed, um, it, it awakened yeah, cool. a massive monster that is corporate America, corporate Europe, uh, churches, the, the kind of people you're talking about, the A to Z, the aquarium to zoos, everybody figured, wow, we can use video more. So I think demand has gone through the roof, like I say, at all levels. Now professional content's back online, that's gone through the roof. And the sort of uh, prosumer, let's call it content, the, you know, the guys using volunteers to, to get their story out, that's gone through the roof too. Mm. So COVID's... Um expedited all sorts of technology um, over the last you know, year or so. Have you seen any significant moves towards certain trends? Um, I, I would say, well, there's, there's several trends. I mean, even uh, one of the ones I find really funny is even today, you know, we had a professional group of video guys on a blue jeans call. Well, you know, I haven't used blue jeans before i'm using zoom and google and whatever and it was very interesting how 
I go back to my ease of use thing, the amount of problems we had getting screens shared, audio unmuted, the proliferation of video conferencing systems. Wouldn't it be great if someone actually had a standard user interface where we all knew where the mute button was and where the share screen button was? So I think one of the trends is, yes, everybody's like jumping on to uh, remote conferencing, et cetera. But I keep coming back to my use of ease of use kick saying we've really got to make all this stuff a lot easier for folks to use. Yeah, I've, I've never heard of that blue jeans off yeah maybe we need to look it up just in case someone wants to use it with us um and does this is is there a particular trend is there a difference in the trends you see in broadcast versus the trends you see in let's say well that broadcast versus church versus sports you know like ip is a big thing at the moment what you know is everybody taking it up is ndi everywhere for example yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you need to look at different different things slightly differently. So, IP is definitely everywhere. At the high end, it's all about remote productions. It's using similar tool sets. I wouldn't say workflows, but certainly tool sets to try and people are trying to fit the way they've used to work with their old workflows into remote productions. Not necessarily everybody's like inventing new workflows, which I think is kind of a mistake because we could simplify things a lot. So at the high end, you've got remote productions all using IP. And then at the sort of semi-professional end, you've got NDI finding its way everywhere. Although we do find some clients who are not as pro NDI as perhaps they should. And I think a lot of that is just due to communication and understanding and ex actually explaining it. Um, yeah, I'll give you a great example. You know, we, we ship appliances for the, that, that professional, semi-professional market, a couple of cameras in the box, all pre-configured, ship it out there. But the amount of people that will then take that system and play around with it, I think the technical, technical terms called dick with it, um, that will dick with that system, will play around with the IP address, and then the next thing you know, we get a support call, we can't make our system work. The beauty of NDI at that part of the market is you don't have to do anything. Yeah. It self-discovers and it just works, assuming you don't, you know, change stuff. And I think that is definitely helping in that semi-pro market. Of course, at the higher end of the market in broadcasting, you know, it's it's all bespoke. Everybody's uh, creating their own IP circuits, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's sort of the two e extremes of the market. At one end, you know, you, you've got guys that know what they're doing in theory and they're configuring systems. And at the other end, NDI is really helping the, um, the semi-professional market get systems together. And that's a good point to ask this next question in the fact that how is broadcast pick serving the demand um, that we're seeing now? Um, I would say that we're, we're probably, not probably, we're certainly stronger in the semi-pro market. We're seeing the growth there. Um, we, we, like I think everybody, have a challenge. You know, we're a small, medium-sized company. Um, we, we don't have hundreds of millions of dollars to spend on R&D. And in many ways, I'm actually steering our sales teams away from the higher end uh, broadcast remote productions, because typically what comes with those deals is a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say custom requirements, but special requirements. I think 
in many ways and, the, and this is a, a this is something that i think is, has got to change over the coming years in many ways that high end of the market still believes it's very special and that they're doing something unique i mean the reality is yeah. we have half a dozen cameras we have a switcher and we have some way of streaming that the, the what we're all doing is pretty much the same uh, we may be adding different levels of graphics and doing different uh stylish switches you know we may see the reintroduction of the page turn for example which would be fantastic but the, the reality is we're all pretty much doing the same thing but the high end of the market still has this view that, that everybody's doing something unique that their workflow is unique and so you know i sort of as soon as i get the sales guys come back through the door and say hey we've got this potential deal we need to do this this and this i weigh that up against our engineering resource and going well actually Am I going to create this special workflow or add these tools or change something because a guy doesn't like the fact that the button is red over here? He wants the button to be green over there. Um, am I going to do that work or am I just going to keep churning out appliances for the semi-professional market where we tell them or advise them on their workflows and they're very, very happy because they've gone from not producing content to content. And I think you know, a lot of this is going to be is going to shake out of the coming years, because if the top end, the high end of the industry continually wants bespoke solutions, it's going to end up paying a lot more uh, versus, you know, the just good enough stuff that's going out in the mid market and the semi pro market. Yeah, that kind of that neatly leads me into well, something we mentioned a lot last time was was, was Graham's crystal ball. <laughs> can you identify yeah a way in which the market might, you know what is going to happen in the next 12 months from your perspective what you you know what you guys are doing what, what uh, generally and the difference between the high end and the and, and, and the let's say the semi pros it's it's interesting um because again just using the the call i was on earlier with the dpp um, a big area of concern in the industry is talent. And I, I, I always thought that it would be price that drove the higher end users to adopt more AV techniques and more semi-pro markets. But actually, with such a chronic shortage of talent, let's call them broadcast and film trained talent, and such a, a mass of people now using simple interfaces like iPhones and laptops and things like that that are used yeah. to a different way of working. I actually think it's going to be more the talent that collapses the the markets into one because the professional guys are, are going to have to start using new, a younger talent and that younger talent is going to bring with it uh, different techniques of production, more let's call it more scrappy techniques, you know, more trying to do stuff uh, on the cheap with uh, what they have at hand. And, yeah. you know, it's we're seeing better. exactly, you know, we're seeing some really well created content uh, from that next uh, group of, of, of users and that next group of talent, because at the end of the day, you know, it's all about the writing and the production values. And these guys, what they're doing, you know, the way I sort of look at it is, they're trading time, they have a lot of time and no money, versus the professional guys have a lot of money and no time. Um, but the end result can be the same. 
Mm. Right. So if you get a bunch yeah. of guys that are used to being scrappy and you give them a whole bunch of new tools that mean they can do those things faster, I think that influx of new talent is what's going to kind of more bring the market together to accept much easier to use tools and simpler workflows and operations. That's uh, fascinating stuff. We're pretty much out of time, Graham, but thank you very much for coming in. It's great to see you. And uh, we must definitely hope to catch up in person um, in 2022 oh. and uh, definitely chat mm. some more. Yeah, next yeah, time I'm in London, good. I'll uh, let you guys know. I, I haven't visited my mum for almost two years, which is pretty wow. sad. It is indeed. Well, fingers crossed for a good Reality. 2022. And uh, yeah. thank you, Graham. Make sure you visit broadcastpicks.com for all the information on the products and solutions that uh, they can offer. Thanks to Media Proxy for their support of Kit Plus TV, and thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Take care.